hi, welcome to the Pioneer Museum podcast. My name is Justin. And I'm Melanie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought you were going to introduce me. <laughs> nope. So uh, do you want to tell them what the podcast is about, Melanie? Sure. Uh, well, this is our first podcast from the Pioneer Museum, and we are going to take a different topic every week and relate it to something in the museum. So uh, we want to relate it to current events, something, some uh, top, some podcast episodes may just be about something that is specific to Nolan County or to Sweetwater, but we are going to strive to relate it to something current, I guess. So should we give them an example of what we're talking about? Yeah. So like as of today's recording, um, <clears throat> Prince has just died. He's just passed away, and um, what, two days ago. Yes, and so we're he, super sad. Of course, everyone knows he's famous for the color purple, and we happen to have a purple thing in our museum—a purple dress. <laughs> that's right. We're actually—I I would say for everyone that's visited us, famous for mm-hmm. the purple dress too. So we are today going to talk about a little bit about the history of the color purple and why it's always been associated with royalty. And as Justin pointed out a little while ago, and I didn't put two and two together, that prince, we have <clears throat> we have no uh, American royalty necessarily, but prince, I guess he actually is a <laughs> royalty. But I would think our, our entertainers serve as our American royalty. And so... Anytime you have the passing of royalty, it's always... I think the kind Kennedys of, were considered American royalty for a the while. The Kennedys are American royalty, yeah. I would say that. But I would say Prince. It's yeah, in well, his definitely. name. <laughs> and especially in his name. So uh, so why is, what is one of the reasons that purple was always associated with royalty? Um, it was super uh, It was super hard to get the dye, right? Like they, yes. they made it out of seashells or was it... What was it? It's... Sn- it was a snail mucus gland is what, <laughs> <laughs> what I found. But the re- it was really rare and it was really expensive to produce. And so it, it cost a normal person's wages. They would have to pay a year's wages for one pound of purple dyed wool. And so the common people couldn't afford it. So that's why purple was associated with royalty and wealth and over the years, the way that they made purple dye uh, changed. There are several ways that they get purple dye for use, but it was always expensive and it was always associated with royalty until when was it, Justin? 1856. And what happened? Uh, a guy named William Henry Perkin. He was Perkins? Perkin. Perkin. Perkin? Yes, because that threw me off. I, read, I, <laughs> I keep wanting to put an S on his name, but it is I know, it's Perkin. like New Bronzefuls. I can't say, is it New Bronzefuls or New Bronzeful? I say Bronzefuls. I say the place next to Slittervon. I know. <laughs> I, it's, it's so confusing because like, every time I look at the sign, I'm like, I'm not going to forget this time. And I forget every time what it's, <laughs> the way it's spelled. Um, but William Henry Perkin, uh, he was in his lab and he had been challenged to make quinine. Quinine, yeah, quinine, yeah, to synthesize quinine, um, and he was 18. So if you're out there and young, you can still make. Yeah, a he difference. had a boo boo. He was trying to. He was. He made the wrong thing, and he was when he's cleaning it up. I guess mixed it with alcohol. He was using alcohol to clean out the beaker, and it produced a purple solution. So he made the very first synthetic dye, 
and then all of a sudden purple was available for and affordable for everyone to use. And of course, his his lecturer was like, what have you done? It's a big mistake. And he took it for himself and took all the credit. And took all the credit. Yeah. And well, and he actually went into uh, dye manufacturing after that. <laughs> he started out as a, I mean, I guess he was still a chemist, but he, he, know, he was aware of that talent, quickly recognized it and recognized what he could the money that could be made from mm-hmm. it and the success that could be made from it. So mistakes are sometimes what success in disguise, I guess, or blessings in disguise. And so that ended up helping him <laughs> <laughs> and, and us because now we can all wear purple, but um, back to our purple dress. It, Do you it, wear purple a lot? I like purple. I think it's the color I wear the least. Really? I, well, I wear these blue shirts every day, but um, even when I was wearing like just, like graphic tees and things like that. purple was the color I wore the least. I like purple. I like purple. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't think I have very many purple things. I would say I wear blue, black, brown, probably those the most because they're just comforting. Mm-hmm. I like gray a lot mm. and I like gray purples. But, you know, I, I, people, when they ask me, what's your favorite color? I, sometimes it's blue and sometimes it's pink, depending on the thing that mm-hmm. it is. Uh, and sometimes I can't decide between the two and I'll go with purple. Because it's mm. a little bit of blue and a little well, bit of pink. green, orange, and purple are my three favorites. I, I, that's oh, three I, I don't can't like sell. orange. I love orange. Orange mm. is, you know, orange is just really, really light brown. Well, it looks or rather, ugly. brown is really, really dark orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The colors are funny. <laughs> Do you know what the opposite color of purple is? It, no. Wait, yellow. I, is it yellow? Yep. Um. We had, to, we had to take a lighting class when I was in, this is completely off topic. When I was in college, we had to take a lighting class and they set up three lights and the left light was red, the right light was blue, and the middle light was green. And they would shine them at a pole that they had sitting up. And um, what are you doing? I was burping. Oh. I, was be- I was doing chocolate rain. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they'd have this pole set up. And so like um, where all three of the lights uh, cross each other, it would have a different color shadow. So like on one side, there was a cyan shadow. There was a, uh, a yellow shadow. And then uh, what was it? Was it blue? I think it was blue, yellow, and cyan, right? No, cyan is blue. So it's blue. Is it green? What's I like cyan, cyan. And if you're cyan, it's C-Y-A-N, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm going to get made fun of for not knowing that it was. It's cyan, magenta, and something else. Well, whatever the other color well, I guess it would be yellow. yellow. Yeah, it's That's yellow. That's what you said. Okay. Magenta was the one you couldn't think yeah, of. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but also, where the where the red, blue, and green light like all touch each other, I just bumped the mic, but where they all touch each other, it turns white. Because it's all the colors. Yeah. That's cool. Because the primary colors of light are red, red green, and blue, blue, but the primary colors of paint is red, green, and yellow, or red, blue, and yellow. That's really cool. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know, it's some physics thing. Is it how it probably how the light reflects yeah, or whatever? You, know, you have more green cones in your eyes too. So like uh, you can see green easier than you can see uh, red or blue. And as you get older, you can't see purple as well. Oh, I guess because those red and blue get tired. Yeah, they get tired. Yeah, purples and blues are one of the purples are one of the very first things to go as you get older. I was in a class actually at A and M with the whole bunch of really young people and we did a vision test and I was like there's no way I'm not going to be able to see any of these purples I'm too old I'm way older than these kids but I actually could see more than them some of them had way way worse oh really yeah I don't know they're telling what those kids are up to (laughs) to ruin their their vision but so back to 
Purple and Royalty. So the Sears dress, it's the Sears family, the Lance Sears family, mm-hmm. I should say. And his wife, Frances Sears, uh, donated the dress to us. They actually were instrumental in creating the museum. So we thought that they would be a really good topic. Did Frances serve on the board for a while? Yes, she was on the board for several years. So Lance Sears and his friend Ed Ramsey created the Nolan County Foundation, and that actually helped to fund the purchase of the museum's first location. We were located where City Hall is now. Was there a grocery store in there? Is that what I keep saying? Yes, City Hall was Safeway when before the museum went in there and before City Hall. And so they set up the foundation to help to purchase that building for the museum. The museum was actually established in uh, Gladys Harkin's classroom. She was a teacher and started a museum in her classroom. And then people started collecting things. We were in the Johnson Funeral Home first after Mrs. Harkin's classroom and then over at the Safeway building which is now City Hall on 4th Street across from the auditorium and police station and now this is our final home which uh, at the Raglan house which is a uh, funny for it to be our final resting place as this was once a funeral home <laughs> two funeral homes <laughs> two fun- yeah we've, we've been in two funeral homes so right now we're located at 610 3rd street in the old ragland house and the dress sits upstairs in its own room we uh, treat it like the royalty it deserves mm-hmm. to be treated like and it's beautiful and it it was worn for the san jacinto fiesta in san antonio so you know a little bit about the history of the San Jacinto Fiesta in San Antonio. Um, okay, so yeah, this fi- uh, fiesta was started in 1891. It was, um, what did they start it for? It was a party to celebrate the culture and heritage of the Mexicans that lived in Texas at that time. Because, And that's another thing that we hear from a lot of people in Sweetwater, Hispanic people in Sweetwater, that, uh, and have found out in our collections and in our archives that there were a lot of festivals in Sweetwater too, um, Mm. especially in the early 1900s, celebrating the Mexican culture and heritage because these people lived here before Texas was Texas. Mm -hmm. We actually just got a huge collection of that stuff, didn't we? Yes, we did. We got a a huge collection from the Ron Hill family. If it's R-A-N-G-E-L. That's how you spell that if anyone wants to do a little more research. The Dionisio Rangel family. And we got it from Dionisio's son. And he was a magician when he was a kid. So we have some of his magic tricks. And we have tons of photos from the Hispanic community when... Uh, Sweetwater schools were still segregated. We had the Hispanic school and we had the black school and then we had the white school. And so we're always, and anyone that's listening, we're always trying to broaden our collections, especially to represent more of our community. So we are looking for more from the Hispanic and black communities to add to our archives and collections. And I know one thing people are afraid of is getting rid of family photos that they might want to mm-hmm. keep in their in their family and so we really just need them to be scanned 
and we can give them right back. We definitely will take donations, but eventually we'll scan everything mm-hmm. and digitize it. So if you want to loan one to us to scan or scan it yourself and send us the digital copy that we just needed a relatively high resolution, like what, 300 DPI? Yeah. Yeah. So let's tell them about this dress we keep hinting at. <laughs> oh, <laughs> The dress. So the dress was made for Suzanne Sears. She was a duchess in the San Jacinto Fiesta parade. And now San Jacinto Fiesta, it's now just called Fiesta in -hmm. San Antonio. And it's still going on every year. You can go out visit and see a parade they have all kinds of events there it's kind of hard to google if you google fiesta texas you might get a six flags uh yeah (laughs) yeah so fiesta parade san antonio i guess yeah that's what i had to type in to find it to yeah into your google bar or bing or yahoo i guess anyone whatever you're searching (laughs) we're using google (laughs) so um the dress was made for suzanne sears by a team of seamstresses so when a girl finds out that she's going to be a princess or a duchess in the parade she is uh, goes to the dressmaker and is assigned a team and they help her to create the dress and she was the miss wool and mohair duchess uh, because the sears family raised sheep for wool and mohair i guess goats too would that be mohair's goats yeah okay and those are represented on the dress. So the dress was made for Suzanne Sears. She wore it. She was a Duchess, Miss Woolen Mohair Duchess for the San Jacinto Fiesta Parade. And when a girl is chosen as a princess or a duchess, then she goes to the dressmaker and is assigned a team of seamstresses who have one year to work on producing her dress. And this dress is gorgeous it's floor length and then has a long train a velvet train with sheep and a a fence i guess depicted on the train there's three white sheep are those stars in the background too kind of i think they're flowers oh there's flowers all over they're beaded everything is beaded and sequenced and the uh sheep there's three white ones and one black one with white ears jumping over a fence and it looks like they all have little ribbons on them, little gold ribbons on them. So everything on it is satin and tulle and sequins, and it's gorgeous. How About how many beads does it look oh, like there's on our pieces of sequins? That's would thousands. thousands. Yeah. There's thousands. And t- hundreds of little bitty beads. And I mean, a thousand is, is a small number in beads. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they're little. <laughs> yeah they're my they're thousands of sequins and oh thousands of beads little jewels little crystals they're so it's gorgeous anyways yeah. and uh we're really lucky to have it we also have a picture of one of the sears uh granddaughters wearing this uh, pay her last name is pace that family those families mm-hmm. are related so it's a uh, page pace i think it's a different dress though <clears throat> It's the same dress. No, we looked at it. Remember, we we compared the because we just have a picture of the dress, but we compared it, and the uh, the goats are facing a different direction and everything. Oh, really? I'll I have think to so. Look at it. I believe it's different. If if I'm wrong, <clears throat> we'll have an update. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, I'll have to look at it. If I'm I wrong, I'll insert right here. At... I was wrong. Well, I'll insert that. If I... <laughs> 
And if I'm wrong, then it's just business as usual. So <laughs> no. I don't know everything. I'm not Justin. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I was. This is unrelated, but I made a joke the other day that made my sister mad. She says, "You know, Prince was so young." I said, "But he was really old in Prince years." <laughs> <laughs> She so like shut up, man. I'm so sad about Prince. I, I really yeah. am. He uh, made so much good music, and you know, I know maybe younger people weren't listening to him all the time. But I mean, I listened to Kiss like once a week. A little Red Corvette. That was my jam. I love that song. I was probably a little Red Corvette. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm yeah, my kidding. mom listens to kidding. Prince a lot. Um, not so much anymore. Well, of course, recently now everybody's listening to Prince, but. Um, it reminds me of being little, hearing Prince playing and hearing Queen playing reminds me of being little and cleaning the house. Mm-hmm. And cleaning the house, and my mom always did that. Turn on music to clean the house. I don't do that as much anymore. I I do like I like to listen to a podcast when I'm cleaning the house or listen. Mm-hmm. I love to listen to music when I'm cleaning the house, but. Uh, I need a better sound system. The problem is that I can't. Uh, the speaker I hooked my phone up to is not. Your little phone speaker is not good. Yeah. <laughs> Have you tried the um, toilet paper tube sound system? I've not yet. I want to do that. Does it work? <laughs> Have you tried it? it? It makes it a little louder, but it's not worth the trouble of cutting open a toilet paper tube. To <laughs> with in, was it styrofoam cups or plastic cups or yeah, something yeah, yeah. you put or something? <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. Oh no, it's supposed to just come out of the end. Of yeah, the, but I think you can put the cups and in. then make it even more. This is another unrelated. Have you seen those things that you can put on? You remember putting the bi- the cards in your bikes? Yes. The well, they made a thing that amplifies the sound. So when you're riding, it sounds like a motorcycle. It's a little <laughs> muffler for your, for the, like it picks up the sound of it. It goes <laughs> when you're riding. That's cool. It's so neat being a kid these days compared to, you mm-hmm. know, the toys we, I mean, and I don't ever remember being deprived of toys. We just didn't know about it. And we always had a plethora of toys. But I think it's interesting too that the kids nowadays uh, are just as interested in old toys and old games as we are. Kids are kids are easy to please, and I hate when I hear people give them a bad rap about being on their electronic devices all the time. But to me, they're reading, they're researching, mm-hmm. they're listening. They're they they have a library and a museum in their hand, you know. And there's nothing like going into a museum and seeing the actual objects. But to be able to research it, see a video about it, hear about it beforehand, and then come in and see it. Yeah, for and themselves. our forefathers dreamed of a world <clears throat> where that was possible. And you know how you know they dreamed about it is that it happened. That it happened. That they yeah. strive for this world that we live in now. Yeah. Well, and Ben Franklin created the library and. Um, you know, in museums for a while, I think they were just collection places for all of these objects that you learned about it at the library, you saw it at the museum, and you, you know, mean the Library of Congress? Well, I'm just saying the library in general. And Ben Franklin, he, he, well, there was libraries in like the free and open public library. Oh, okay, the, I see what you mean. where you can go and in the public could go in and mm-hmm. co- he he invented that. Not the system. royal. <laughs> Not the Royal Library. No, no, no. There's always (laughs) been collections of books, but where people could could go in, the idea that people could, you could have a facility where there's books there and people can go in, check them out, bring them back. And it's, I mean, the library is basically an honor system, really. Mm. I mean. You know, and it's an unknown fact that the Dewey Decimal System was named after his Pomeranian Dew. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) It's John Dewey. (laughs) The only, you know, uh, I I would have said really, but my my professor at A&M, my philosophy professor, Dr. McDermott, is a 
pedagogy expert and oh, really? it did a lot of his his r- books that he's written on John Dewey and so I thought Pomeranian named Dew was the most ridiculous thing <laughs> and that nobody would believe it but. don't put it past me because I even sometimes <laughs> when you say that the uh, the pipe in our Native American collection oh, is, is based a, off the big toe yes <laughs> I still sometimes second guess myself is that right is he telling <laughs> the truth my favorite was the Native American. I still I tell people about it. It's still like the Native American stone toilet seat. I don't tell them it was. I just tell them about the joke because I want them. I want the laugh. <laughs> um, and so that we'll we'll be coming up with new podcasts. This of course is our first one, so we're working out our kinks and yeah. It's a big overview of what what, what to expect. Don't expect so much tangents, but um, this will definitely be a, a where we're going to talk about our collection and things we have in it and different stories we have to share about the museum. And yeah. And a little bit of history, a little bit of nerd talk, a little bit of, you know, relating to current events, you know, prints or color purple, mm-hmm. the history of purple, the Sears dress, what the Sears family did for the museum and for Nolan County mm-hmm. and Sweetwater in general, just with their generosity we have a and lot. Frances of, is still kicking, isn't she? She's a hundred and one, hundred and She's either about to be a hundred and two or just turned a hundred and two. Hmm. So she's she's getting up there and just, I mean, blowing. She still it go going. to church every week. Not in a while. No, she's not getting out that much anymore. But mm-hmm. I mean, she's still sharp as a tack. I mean, she in and we actually have some uh, audio interview with her that we'll be posting in the near future that we got with her um, be and only the only reason that it's only audio at this point is because she uh, wasn't dressed to the nines. Yeah, she like, did not want to be photographed. Did not want to be photographed that day. Cause she's always so super well put together. And I think that day she wanted to do an interview, but she wasn't really, she's 102. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she was and this was uh she was on hundred, I think, when we interviewed her. We mm-hmm. haven't, we just haven't had a chance to post it. But um, the point is that we are progressing as a, as institutions, libraries, and museums. Both our uh, county city library does a really good job offering programs throughout the year for families and reading programs and a place for book club and they do some things with art there I think too uh, and we are also expanding our educational outreach through our podcast and coming up we'll also try to include interviews with local citizens as things are relevant um, you know especially with the elections this year and we've had some local candidates we on our YouTube channel posted interviews with three of our sheriff's candidates and they all happen to be republican and we will say we don't take sides on any uh political debate as far as republicans versus democrats luckily we don't have to here in west texas but that's right (laughs) that's right or didn't have to this year anyways you know uh, i think the last big election they had here everyone ran as democrats you know and that's how it is in fisher county like uh all the the sheriff's candidates they had to run as uh, democrats because if they wanted to run against somebody because they're that's yeah yeah that's who was running yeah so i mean that kind of thing flip-flops and we don't take sides uh republican democrat or particular candidates but we may take stances on certain issues that come up as an institution and uh, personally we may have some issues and then there are things that uh, we may say in the podcast that definitely should know or not always (laughs) (laughs) the 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 official stance of the museum and we'll we'll let you know if if it's just a personal idea that comes up in 
in conversation because sometimes that happens, but we will strive to keep to the museum history relevant, community relevant, and provide a service to community and invite people to come on that have something to share or mm-hmm. stories to tell. Um, and we'll be asking you guys for your stories. We really want to know. Current events are also history. History is written every day. And so we really want to keep up with it. And the best way to stay on top of history is to hit it as it comes. So, and then. You, well, you know the old saying, if tomorrow was today, then today is yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. What did you not do yesterday that you wish you would have done? So get it done today. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Hey everyone, Justin here. I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this podcast. It's our very first episode, so it's pretty rough. (laughs) It's meant to just serve as an introduction to um, who we are, me and Melanie, and what kind of show we want to give you. It'll be a lot less random in the future, um, but expect uploads every Friday, and um, they'll be a lot like this, where it's just me and Melanie talking to each other, but every now and then... Um, we may even alternate. We're going to have archive episodes where we have just an old interview or even more recent interview we've done. Um, just cool stories we think you'll enjoy. Our first archive episode is going to be life experiences during World War II. And fair warning, that was never meant to be a podcast. It was a, a documentary we filmed for Veterans Day last year in 2015. But it's got some cool stories and um, we'll, we'll list <laughs> who the who the speakers are in the in the documentary so you can kind of follow along. But uh, yeah, thanks for checking out our show and we hope to hear from you soon.